Amen. All right. Well, good morning. How are we doing? We're in Advent. Next week, next Sunday, we start the full, everything's, everything's Christmas. The road to Bethlehem, our sermons, our, our, our series, our worship. We're going to be gradually just building up. And then we're going to have our Christmas Eve service, 6.30 on Christmas Eve in the evening. Uh, we're not doing a Christmas Day service this year. There's lots of other churches that will be doing Christmas Day if that's part of your tradition. Uh, but this year we're going to do Christmas Eve, and then we want you to incorporate uh, Jesus into your Christmas Day and your traditions, however that works for you. But we're going to be here Christmas Eve. We're inviting our community along. We are going to have a great... We're working on something a little bit special. You will, uh, you will laugh. Uh, I don't think you'll cry, but you will be moved. I think we're going to have a really just wonderful celebration time, but a powerful time remembering. Our theme for Christmas this year is that the world might see. So come along and celebrate with us Christmas Eve that the world might see. Because Jesus is moving. It's like two of us. That's good. That the church might see. <laughs> So we're going to do that. That's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm really excited as we head into that season. I'm feeling actually more Christmassy this year than I've probably felt in quite some time. So it's quite good. I saw that I've just got to get those Christmas lilies in my house. You know how everybody has a thing? I know, you don't like them. Just, everyone's got a thing, right? The, and, and actually Christmas lilies tend to make my hay fever go a little bit nuts. But it's not Christmas until I can smell them. And the second one is it's not Christmas, and I, I blame my mother entirely for this, who is gracing us with their presence this morning, so, you know, but I'm blaming you fully. Uh, it's not until I have heard Cliff Richard's Christmas time <laughs> that it feels like Christmas to me. And I don't even like the song, <laughs> but there are certain things that just have to happen for me to feel like Christmas. Uh, it's funny how we have those little things. Uh, but as we go down that journey, you are very invited to be part of our Christmas this year as we celebrate. Uh, this morning is Vision Sunday, the week after Dream Sunday. I love in, in the Bible it says, In the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. I always get it around the wrong way. Your, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams, I think is the way it's supposed to go. But so we're talking, we've had dreams, we've had visions. How good was it to have our national leader and our regional leader here last week? Weren't they fun? I just, we had a lot of fun, you know, debriefing, but just being up here, hearing the stories, hearing the encouragement, you know, there's nothing quite like having, having your superiors in town and them saying, go for it. You know, let's do it. So I, I left encouraged. I hope you left encouraged. And this morning, we want to put some of our own kind of seal on that and talk about what God is calling the church to do. And we do this every, every year. We used to do Vision Sunday on the first, I think it was the last Sunday in January, right at the beginning of the year. We'd do all the holiday and all that sort of thing. And then we'd come back. And what I found was that by the 31st of January, most people had already decided what kind of year they were going to have. Most people would go, you know, you'd set your New Year's resolutions, you'd feel real good. A celebrity usually dies somewhere between the 1st and the 7th of, of January, and everybody goes, ah, 2024 sucks already. And you go, really? Like, we're going to let, and so by the time, you know, you've done that, and then you have to go back to work, and so by the end of January, I get up here and I go, let's talk about vision, everybody goes, I'm done already. 
And so I thought, let's do, and we started this last year, and I think it worked really well. Let's do Vision Sunday, the first Sunday of December. Let's get ahead of the culture and name the year before the year names itself. This came out of, you know, the, the major Oxford dictionary, the, the Oxford, the Collins, uh, the Merriam-Webster, the Cambridge, they all do a word of the year at the end of the year and describe a year. And, and, and last year's word was permacrisis and goblin mode, which is, speaks to being just selfish, me and my own. I'm just going to sit at home and eat snacks which is usually the response to a permacrisis. And I asked last year, do we think these were the words that God spoke over 2023? I don't think so. And so we have to ask ourselves, what was the word? So we named 2023 the year of engagement. And I think we did that pretty well. I think we kind of got to the end of winter and maybe we sort of started to just go, it's hard to engage, it's cold. Blenheim people don't like to engage when it's wet or when it's cold, I've found. It's just, if it's sunny, I'm there. If not, I'll think about it. Uh, until it is summer. And then the easiest way to get people to church is for it to rain. Because it's like, well, there's nothing else to do. It's not the attitude I love, it's the attitude that exists. <laughs> and so... Thinking this year, we've engaged. I think of all the different ways that I have seen our organisation, but our individuals engage. And we broke that down into discipleship. It has been so exciting to me to listen to people who have been reading their Bibles. And so one of the great testimonies for me, we did the um, Pray With Your Spouse devotion this year and to have people come and go, me and my husband have started praying together. Or me and my wife, we've started praying together. And, and, and I just go, that's what it's all about. That's what it means to engage with discipleship. We also wanted to be engaged with fellowship. And it's been great to see a new life group start up, Aaron and his, and his homies, um, MMA, Man Made Awesome, or Mixed Martial Arts, depending on, <laughs> on the Wednesday night. <laughs> a bunch of blokes getting together and devoting themselves to fellowship, engaging, coming around the Word, coming around testimonies, praying for each other. Uh, I've made it to a couple of those when youth groups finished early enough that I've been able to pop along. But to hear people joining in life groups, engaging with different things, there's, an, there's something about doing church together. Acts chapter 2 says that God poured out a spirit, and it concludes with, and they built a community. The Acts 2 community is the catalyst for revival in our community. And then we wanted to engage with the mission of God. And I love how I've seen that, particularly in the trust this year. We just celebrated last week 100 young girls through the Shine Girl program that Tenek has been running. How good is that? A hundred girls who through the work of the Connect Marlborough Trust and Tenica and, and uh, Jess and others who have been exposed to their confidence, their worth and their purpose. This is what it means to engage. I love how Charles defined gospel renewal last week, bringing life to all the places that sin has marred. When we look at our young teenagers, in particular our young girls, and we see how sin has marred their confidence, their purpose, their beauty, and we get to be a part of restoring that. We have engaged this year. You have engaged this year, and I hope you're as excited about that as I am. So our word for 2023 was engage. Interestingly, we're in December and the words of the year have started rolling out from the other dictionaries. Uh, I think Oxford's still deciding. But the Cambridge Dictionary, 
the Collins Dictionary and the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, they're three words to define 2023. You know, we defined it early. They're just sort of coming to the party now. Their three words were authentic, AI, and hallucinate. Now, do you know what those three words speak to me of? Those three words speak to me of a world that is desperately confused about what's real and what's not anymore. What's genuine and what's empty. What has substance and what what gives life and what steals joy. People going, "What what does it mean? You know, as we've had government changes and all these sorts of things all around the world, people are like, what does it mean to be authentic? Is this real or is this a hallucination? Is AI going to help me or is it going to hinder me? Like, it just sounds like three words of confusion. And so I'm glad that we didn't name the year (laughs) hallucination. (laughs) Oh, man. And so I want to name 2024 before it tries to name itself. Can we name the year this morning together? Let me ask you a question. Have any of you ever failed successfully? Have any of you uh, ever had a near miss? Something that should have gone horribly wrong? Something that should have been a disaster, but somehow miraculously ended up looking kind of cool? And have you noticed that no one's ever there when that happens? Never, like, I tell you, I, I have a bit of a history with milkshakes. Yeah. Um... I've just, excuse me one moment, my suspender is just, nobody wants that this morning. It's just, uh, um, I have a bit of a history with milkshakes. Uh, I'm really good at spilling milkshakes. And when I say, I don't mean like a few, like, I mean, like one time I got in the car, we had a, this, I think this was even pre-kids, and we had this real nice car, you know, because there weren't, there wasn't rubbish. And I put the chocolate milkshake on the centre console, you know, that bit that, and, you know, against my wife's better judgment, might I add. Um, and I got in the car and I asked the question. She said, it's in the back. And I went, where? Poof! <laughs> and I just hit chocolate milkshake, like, everywhere. Like, I don't know how I managed to get the roof, the floor, and the seat, but I did. Uh, there's another story that my father takes great delight in telling about a certain day when I was a teenager uh, at Tahuna McDonald's. You know that space when you're a teenager? Eddie, you're probably just about growing out of this now. I'm so glad you're here so that I can just start throwing smack back at you. This is good. Welcome home. Uh, you know, but you know that phase you go through as a teenager where your arms grow faster than your brain? And so, no, not your guns. I mean, like, length. Your mind still haven't done that. But, but, like, you know, they're about this much longer than your brain thinks they are. And so I, I went, we were at, at McDonald's, there's a strawberry milkshake, and I went to grab it, and I just went, poof. And my dad goes, Poof. And so he's down cleaning it up. I'm trying to help. I'm honest, I'm not being very helpful. I was a gammy teenager. And he puts the cup up, and he finishes, and he, and he gets up, and he goes, right. And I go, yes, good, poof. <laughs> and I hit the, milk, the same milkshake a second time. Onto the ground. Dad didn't clean it up that time. He just grabbed me and said, we're leaving. And we walked out the door. We were gone. Uh, So I have a history with milkshakes. But my favourite milkshake story, which my wife would testify to if she was here this morning, is that um, on one occasion we were going, I think we were going to family house, and we had like four milkshakes in one of those trays. You know, the things. And and the milkshakes are way too high, way too top heavy. And as we got out, I had four. 
and one of them began to tip, and I don't know how it happened, but I kind of caught it on my knee and then grabbed it with my hand upside down quickly, and nothing got spilt. And I was like... And the best part was Emma saw it. And she said, that redeems you for all the other milkshake fails. Now, I don't know that it does, if I'm being honest. But I wonder if you've ever failed successfully. If something's ever gone wrong and ended up looking kind of good. I want to show you a video this morning, just because let's have a little bit of fun. Uh, This video is called Failing Successfully, and uh, you'll enjoy this. Crank that volume up too, it's... Can you go, I meant to do that. (laughs) You try to play something off, none of those people meant to do that. They got very, 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 very lucky. And so we all have times where we fail or or, or through luck. But here's what I've noticed... um, you know, these were the ones fortunate enough to be caught on camera. Most of the time when we do something unexpectedly awesome, no one's there to film. But when you fail, fail one time, and everybody's got a camera. <laughs> but yeah, what I've noticed, two things. One is that these videos are nearly always the exception, not the rule. There are far more videos of people failing on YouTube than there are of people recovering on YouTube. And the second thing that I've noticed is that almost everyone who ever says the words, I meant to do that, didn't. They actually mean the complete opposite. A lot of our fortuitous moments are just that. Blind luck. Statistical anomalies. But see, I think that God is calling us to more than a statistical anomaly of a church. I think God is calling us to have more than just a couple of accidental, like, wow, that went incredibly well. I don't know if I deserve that. I believe that God is calling us in 2024, our word that God is calling us to is intentionality. Intentionality. Turn to your neighbor real quickly and say, I meant to do that. Intentionality. See, I think God is calling his church and his people in a world that is saying they don't know what's real and what's not anymore. They don't know what's authentic and what's a hallucination anymore. They don't know what artificial intelligence is and real intelligence is anymore. I think God is calling us to be intentional. And if you've got your your notes this morning that I put on the seat in front of you, and we're going to go through a few of them, I want you to make some notes along the way. This is the first one. There is a difference between intention and intentionality. There is a difference between intention and intentionality. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever said to someone, oh, I meant to do that? Like, I was gonna, I was supposed to, oh, I intended to. And actually, usually that's the preface for, here comes the excuse for why I didn't. See, there's a difference between intention and intentionality. A famous poet once coined the term, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know, this is the time of year where we start to set New Year's resolutions, and they're all quite good intentions. And by the end of the year, we go, well, I intended to save money, but Lego released a new thingamabob. Frankly, just a new anything. Like, that's... (laughs) 
There's a difference between intention and intentionality. Intention statements are, I intended to, I was going to. We've always talked about. I've always dreamed of. These are statements of intention, but they are not intentionality. Intentionality statements are, I've booked a lesson for. I've started putting $10 a week aside so that. I've changed my schedule to include. These are intentionality statements. See, intent is passive. It's a dream. We talked last week about dreams, right? Dreams are our intentions. I'd love to do that. I've always dreamed of doing that. But intentionality, intend, is a verb. It's active. It's something you do. Andy Stanley writes in his book, The Principle of the Path. He writes it this way. Your direction, not your intent, determines your destination. Your direction, not your intent, determines your destination. Let me put it to you this way. Have you ever met someone who said to you, like, you know my intentions? And you go, yeah, but I also know your actions. And your actions ain't getting you where your heart's trying to go. I can get in my car and I can drive south on State Highway 1 with all the intention to get to Auckland that I want. It ain't going to happen. Because somewhere my intentions have to align with my direction. That is what intentionality is. Intentionality is intention and direction. God is calling us to have intention, but also to have direction, to be, have, to be intentional, to have intentionality. Your next note on your thing, well, I'm just giving you a couple just to sort of whet your appetite. Uh, dreams... Or intent. What well, we got that next one there? Sorry, intentions. You take notes. Intentions with unintentional living will nearly always result in unfulfilled dreams. I have spilt more milkshakes than I have saved. My hope is that as a pastor, I have given hope to more people than I've offended. Right. But that inquires intention and direction. And sometimes we just go through life with intention, hoping that somehow this whole sort of thing will just happen and it'll all work out. But God is calling us to be intentional. I want to get to the end of 2024 and say, I meant to do that and mean it. I want us to get to the end of 2024 and say, we meant to do that. We set a goal. We had a plan. We, we positioned ourselves. We meant that to happen. And God did what he promised. Here, let me tell you something. God is a God of intentionality. God doesn't just wing it. And he gives us some instructions In Scripture, Ephesians chapter 5 says this, verse 15 to 16. This is Paul writing. He says, be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are dark. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so you deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Don't just hear the intense 
add the direction, give it intentionality. Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, the psalmist wrote this, teach us to number our days. What is numbering our days if not being intentional? I've only got so many, what am I going to do with them? Am I just going to pass them by? You've ever, here's an exercise for you that'll just like, it'll make you depressed, but it'll also give you, like, gives you tools for hope. Have you ever sat down at the end of the year and gone through your bank account and ordered it by where you've spent it? Like you go, it's just $6 at Kmart. Until you put it all in line and you go, oh, it was a lot of $6 at Kmart. And then if you put it in an Excel spreadsheet, you can auto summon it and it tells you how much you spent this year at Kmart unintentionally. And you go, I would have never put that in the budget. I wonder how many things in our life, and I'm not talking about money now, I'm talking about everything. I wonder how many things happen in our lives that weren't put in the budget intentionally that weren't put in the diary intentionally, that weren't put into our marriage intentionally, that weren't put into our children intentionally. Here's the thing, I've never heard someone say ever, I only went to church three times this year and I feel closer to God than ever before. It's like going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Fine, but I've never heard anyone who stopped going that got closer. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse 24, Paul says, do you not know in a race all the runners run? Everybody runs, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. You ever seen, like, you ever been to a children's athletics day? And, like, they run, like, they're running. But you kind of want to go, it's that way. (laughs) Like, you're running hard, but it's that way. (laughs) Paul says, everyone runs. You might go, I've run around all year. I've run around all year. But Paul says, run in such a way as to get the prize. Run for the finish line. Run for the prize. Don't just run. You don't get points for how much, how high you got your pulse. You get points for running for the finish line, for being intentional. Although I must admit, in some running races now these days, they practically do give you points for everything. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 5 says this. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. The plans of the diligent, the plans of the intentional. God is calling us to be intentional in 2024. And so what I want to do this morning, I want to break this into two parts. I want to talk about the organization, the church, but then I want to talk about the body, the church as how God is calling us and how we're going to respond to this call to be intentional. Because I don't want us to be a church of unfulfilled dreams. I don't think you want to be a follower of Jesus with unfulfilled dreams. God longs to give you the desires that he's put in your heart. So if 2023 was about engaging, and we don't, we don't scrap a vision, we build on a vision, right? We don't go, well, we're done engaging now, we're going to be intentional instead. If anything, we get to merge these words and say, now we get to engage intentionally. I don't want to engage accidentally, I want to engage intentionally. Uh, so 
Let's have a look. Our church, our vision, if you've never read our vision statement, there's some on the desk out there, there's some in the other building, I would encourage you to get your hands on that. Our vision as a church is to be a church that grows up, in and out, up in our relationship with God, in as a fellowship, and out in the mission that God has called us to. That is unchanging. That is our bread and butter. That is what we will do till the day that we die. And there's statements in that that I love. One of the ones that I have been meditating on recently is in the out column where it says connect as a church where everybody in Marlborough knows someone who's been impacted by it. You know, we're not out here to change every single life in Marlborough because there are a great number of churches here that are doing great work across the region. But my dream is where we would be making a difference in our community that everyone would be able to say, oh, connect, that's my cousin you know, they were down and they were in this or this was happening and they helped out. And you know what? We hear testimonies like that all of the time of what we're doing uh, because of our motivation and our love for Jesus and his love for them. So our vision is still to be a church that grows up and out. But we want to, as a church, we're making some intentional moves to position ourselves for the call that God has for us. Last week, we had our dream service talking about those different possibilities In the last two years, we've established the Connect Marlborough Trust, which in two years has achieved fantastic things. Sue might talk about that a little bit later at our our meeting. Um, But you've heard the stories. Again, Shine Girl we've talked about, uh, the youth group that we're growing, the different things that we're doing with the cooking class and all these sorts of things. We got to go to a meal last week that was cooked by the people from this cooking class, and it was outstanding. We are giving people the tools. We are repairing what sin has marred in our community. And we want to build on that. We love what the Connect Mobile Trust is doing. We want to lean into gospel renewal. If you think back to 2019, we had a whole lot of intentions. And 2020 came along and all the intentions went out the window. Some things we we didn't do that we could have. Some things we didn't do because we couldn't do them. Life changed. But it's time to pick up some of those promises. It's time to pick up some of those dreams. And it's time to position ourselves to increase our effectiveness in our community. And so I want to show you, I want to create a little bit of a picture of what that looks like organizationally. And then I'm going to ask you some tough questions. Who likes tough questions on a Sunday morning? Good. That's like three of us, but the rest of you're going to get them anyway. Um, So how do we intentionally position ourselves? The senior leadership team, that's the elders and the senior staff, we've, we've prayerfully considered, we've researched, this has been a journey of several years, uh, we've consulted with experts inside the church, outside the church, church leaders, lawyers, Sue's had phone conversations with lawyers that like none of us go, we go, what? They just talk on a level that you go, I don't understand. So we've done good consultation, good homework. And in 2024, we will be asking Connect to prayerfully discern together about starting a charitable company, Connect Limited. In addition to what we're doing is Connect Church, and in addition to what we're doing is Connect Marlborough Trust. We feel that God is leading us down this path. I wonder actually if you could flick to the next slide of calling us to this company. And I want to talk a little bit about how we see this working. Because Connect is one organism. Together we have one main vision, which is to be a church that grows up, in and out. And these become vehicles. And we're really excited about what this could look like because we're excited. Last week we were talking about housing opportunities. 
We want to start making steps into providing housing in our community. Do you know how many times I've had someone come to me, you know, they've come through church and they've gone, look, like, I want to work, I just don't have a job. There's just no one that will hire me at the moment because I've got this particular thing on my record or this thing going on. We want to start looking at ways to provide employment opportunities for our community. Right now I'm having a conversation. I don't know where it's going. It's very much a dream. But I'm having a conversation with someone who would very, very, very much like us to buy a property and start running an early childcare centre. I'm passionate about education for our community. And Connect Limited becomes the vehicle to which we can use what we already have to build on this. So in 2024, we'll be asking the church to discern together if this is what something that God's calling us to, that we might put the assets that we currently have, our buildings and our property, in this company so that we can use them better for gospel renewal. I want to show you a little bit of how we see this working, how these three things work. Because you might be going, why? Why can't we just do with what we've got? And the answer is we want to be more intentional. We want to bring some clarity. And we want to free these things up to function really well in what they do. And so you might be going, you might have some idea. We might have a little bit of feeling around in the dark, a little bit of unintentional understanding of what we do. But I want to really put it out there this morning. If we break these down, let's start with Connect Church. Connect the church. Our primary purpose is the spiritual formation of our people. This is discipleship. This is growing our people. This is teaching people to engage with discipleship, fellowship, Christian fellowship, and the mission of God. We want to equip our people for the mission that God has for them. God has a job for every single one of us. And church is about growing us, supporting us, and empowering us for that. And it comes back to our mission statement, which hopefully you all know. It's about connecting people with Jesus daily. This is what we do. This is why we're here. And then if you remember, we go back a few years, I had this dream, I had this kind of moment up at Harling Park with God where he asked me to look at all the different reasons that people were at the park. And as I looked at all the different reasons that people were at the park, there was a woman with two children who were running, not for the prize, just running. There there was uh, um, two women in activewear who met for coffee. There was a guy walking his dog. There was someone else just cutting cutting through the park with their groceries. It was a shortcut from the supermarket to home. You know, there was someone else who had a Fitbit on. They were just getting their steps in on their lunch break. And, and it was like God said to me, would you go up to any of these people and say, that's not what the park is for? I went, well, no. And it was like the most gentle but firm uppercut from the Holy Spirit ever, which was then stop doing it with my church. And I wrote it in my journal. I, I say it regularly. I, I meditate on it regularly. The, the word that I believe that I heard was build a place where people can come for what they're looking for. But while they're there, they will find me as the authentic source. And so that evolved. We, we sort of took that and we started talking about we wanted to be a place where people could come to get physically, mentally and spiritually well. And so out of that, we developed the Connect Marlborough Trust as a reaching arm of Connect Church. And if you look, the primary purpose of the Connect Mobile Trust is about holistic well-being for our community. Like, like Charles was saying last week, we want to restore the damage that, that sin has caused in our community. We believe that's something we are called to do. 
And so it's a place where people can come to get physically, mentally, spiritually well. We do that through things like Connect Coffee. We do that through the 11 counselors that work here every, like throughout the week. 11 counselors working here throughout the week. Depression support groups that run, youth groups that run, Shine Girl programs that run, cooking classes that run, basically going, what are the things that prevent our, that, how do we enrich our community? How do we enhance our community, giving people the skills that Jesus created them to thrive in? And so with our purpose, our statement for this is it's church enriching our community. We are called to enrich our community. Mangarea Baptist Church, one of the things that I love in their value statement, they have a statement that says, we will sow where we may never reap. I think that's beautiful. Because it's actually about going, we're helping you because we love you. Because we, want, we don't want something from you, we want something for you. And so this is our church enriching our community. And so what we would love to do to add to that, because here's the other thing that I see, here's the other conversation that I have, the conversation that you see played out in the media, children living in motels. People that you see in your space of work who are just broken because they go, I don't have anywhere to, 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 to lay my head or I don't have any job security or I don't, like it's just, it feels chaotic. And I go, I think God would call us intentionally to do something about that. And so we want to establish this Connect Limited. And if we can go to the next slide, please. And then we go to the next slide. And the primary purpose of this is it's, it doesn't sound exciting. You know, it's, it's admin right? But it's about asset management and property development. It's about stewarding what we have for gospel renewal. Remember what Bradley said last week? We talked about stewardship. And Bradley said, stewardship is almost always about what you're doing with what you have. We tend to think about it as how do we hide what we have, but in the story, with the parable of the talents, God goes, what did you do with what I gave you? And as we've looked, we have this growing sense as a, as a leadership, as an eldership, that maybe we're not stewarding what we have as well as we could. And I don't want to stand before the King of Kings when He comes in His glory and say, I could have. I thought about it. I intended to. I dreamed. We always wanted to. When we had the tools at our disposal to do something in our community for gospel renewal here, now, today, we just sang it. Let it be here. Let it be now. And so this looks like for us, here's his three main things. It's about housing. It's about employment. It's about education. If we could position our assets for these things in our community, there are great work being done. We talked about some of them last week. We're going to continue to tell you stories and look at possibilities, but we want to get some experts who know what they're doing to help, us, help lead us in this. Because here's, here's what this is about. This is about connecting people with a community. See, here's what I find. If you go back through, you know, if the church is about connecting people with Jesus daily and the trust is about enriching our community, there's an increasing number of people who don't have a community to be enriched. They're on the outskirts. They're isolated. They're desperately trying to get in, but because of housing, employment, education, these three basic things, which if you go through Maslow's hierarchy of needs, they're so central. And, and like Chris said last week, when we provide these opportunities, it's amazing how other things start to just fall into place. It's amazing how when someone, you know, I love that story that Bradley told last week about when they bought all those council flats off the council in Christchurch and they redid them bit by bit 
And one of the women said, why are you doing this? And he said, because we love you, because God loves you, and he calls us to it. And she said, I am warm for the first time in my life. And so in her mind, the church cares about her more than the council. You know, we can get so caught up in which government's going to care more for the poor. Which government? I don't care. The church is going to care for our community. And if we can knit people into a community and we can start to enrich them, you know, I just want you to start to imagine with me for a moment if we could dream a little bit more on this Vision Sunday. You know, what does it look like for someone who we're connecting with in, in one of these three spaces? And these services become wraparound. You know, someone comes in and goes, you know what? I've just lost my house. I've got three kids. I don't know what I'm going to do. And we go, we can help with that. And then actually through that journey, we go, we learn a little bit about the systemic issues outside of her control that have, have held her in that place. And we go, you know what? Connect Marlborough Trust. We've got a support group. We've got the Shine Woman program that would be really good. We've got a youth group that would be great for your kids. We've got a Connect Coffee Morning where you can just come and be. Actually, we've got this different program that we're starting up, and actually we'd love to offer you a job. You know, if you've got kids in early childhood, we can start to offer these reverend. And you know what? We actually, this is all done in the name of the church because there's a group of people who sit here on Sunday mornings who love you, who care about you, and they would love to meet you. And they would love to introduce you because they know at a time in their life what it was like to be hopeless. But they would love to introduce you to their source of hope, the hope that is Jesus Christ. Because these things are all temporary, but there's a house that God has built that one day you'll get to live in forever. Can you imagine the catalyst for gospel renewal? See, we often go, they need to hear the word, and amen. But sometimes it's easier to hear the word if you've got a roof over your head. Sometimes it's easy. You know, I had a conversation with someone this week who was almost in tears because of the support that the church had been able to offer them because no one had ever cared enough to do it before. This is our call, I believe. And so we'll be submitting this for discernment in the early new year. We would, I would love to get to the end of 2024 and have this established and beginning to thrive. When you look and you think what we've been able to do in just two years with the Connect Marlborough Trust, what could we do? The best part of this is that by becoming more intentional with these three areas, we also get to free up certain things. No longer will the church AGM be bogged down talking about property and mortgages. We can talk about spiritual formation of our children. In fact, Oxford Terrace tell a story when they made some changes to how they were doing all of this and their property management. They had a woman who presented, she'd done a finding on children, a whole research paper on children and communion. And she was able to present it and they went, we've never had time for this before because we've been so busy trying to crunch numbers. Who wants to crunch? Sue likes to crunch numbers. But other than Sue, who wants to crunch numbers? So this is about positioning us intentionally for gospel renewal. I have completely lost something here. Let me just turn to your neighbour for a minute and don't look at me. Okay. 
with the time. See, this, this is our I meant to do that moment. This is our opportunity. This is our invitation to partner with what God is doing. I believe this is going to empower us and release us. And I want to put it to you that you would start to think about it and dream about it, but that we wouldn't just go, we'd love to do that. But we might align our direction with our intention. And we might transform our community. I believe the best days of this church are ahead of them. And I'm here for it. You know, Sue and I, we've been talking, we've begun, you know, if we put our names on this, if we put this to the church, like we're here for another 10 plus years, I'm like, come on, let's go. But now I want to turn this. We've talked about the organizational aspect, but the church is not a business. The church is a body. And so God is not just calling Connect Church, Connect Mobile Trust, and Connect Limited to be intentional. He's calling me to be intentional. He's calling you to be intentional. I've put some questions in that sermon sheet I've given you. And you don't have to share them with me how you answer them. I mean, you're more than welcome to. I'd love to pray with you about them and hold you accountable to them. But I'm just going to go through them because these are questions that I'm asking, that my family are asking. I think I've actually written them as statements in your thing, Rev, and I'd rather, you know, I'm going to turn them in statements because I want you to finish the sentence. This year, I will intentionally attend blank. What does intentional attendance at church look like for you in 2024? What does it look like to be intentionally part of a faith community in 2024 instead of just, well, if the weather's good? Or, ah, don't, don't set unachievable goals. Start small. Remember, I encourage people a couple of, like maybe it's just, I will intentionally attend the first Sunday of every month to be a part of what this church is doing. Secondly, this year, I will intentionally give blank. I'll leave that with you. God calls us. He says, freely you've received, freely you give. I'm not just talking about giving to this church. Although I tell you, there's some things that are going to need some funding. But this year I will intentionally give. How about this one? This year I will intentionally serve by. How's God calling you to serve this year? Who is he calling you to serve? Maybe it's through one of those three arms. Maybe it's I will serve by. I've got some skills in property management. I've got some skills in building houses. I've got some skill and loving mothers and fathers and mentoring children and so on. I've got some skills in teaching our kids Bible scripture on Sunday morning. I've got some skills in hammering a piece of nail, a nail into a piece of wood that's going to just make a boy's day. This year I will intentionally serve by, number four, this year I will intentionally share my faith with. Who are you going to intentionally share your faith with this year? 
See, sometimes we go, I intend to share my faith. You get to the end of the year and go, how did that go? You go, well, I bumbled through this conversation once with someone who crashed into me in their car. (laughs) This year, I will intentionally share my faith. And how? What will I learn? So this is the next one. This year, I will intentionally grow. My, and I've put, I've put four of our six pillars of discipleship there. Which of those do you look at and go, I need to work on that this year. I need to work on my practical teaching. Or maybe I need to work on my private disciplines. This year I will intentionally grow my private disciplines by getting Shannon's new Bible track and reading through the Bible this year. Or this year I will grow my private disciplines by picking up that pray with your spouse and I'm going to start doing it. This year, I will grow my private disciplines by, you know, whatever it may be, by starting to give just $5 a week to something that is beyond myself. This year, I'll grow my personal ministry by volunteering in that team. This year, I'll grow my personal ministry by taking up the mantle of what it means to be a parent in my home. This year, I'll intentionally grow my providential relationships by fellowshipping with other Christians, joining a life group. I'm not telling you, I'm just giving you ideas. But here's what I believe. I believe God is calling us to intentionally decide some of these things. These are questions that my family are wrestling with at the moment. What is God calling us to intentionally give and what to? What is God calling us to intentionally serve in? Because I'm one of those people, I have unintentionally served in a lot of different spaces this year. Anyone here ever unintentionally served? Hello. I'm giving you permission to say no. So that you can say yes to something. Not just so you can say no to everything. But I'm giving you permission to become intentional about your serving. This is what God's called me to do. How is God calling you to be intentional in 2024? The internet is full of fail videos from people making unintentional mistakes. The internet has a splattering of fails that turned into wins unexpectedly. But there's another channel that I've quite grown to. Like, I, I really, str- I hate those fail videos. You know when you watch something like someone hurts themselves and something like, a lot of blokes my age just think it's hilarious and I just go, this is awful. But one of the videos that I love to watch, and I'd love to leave us with this as a, as a thought, this probably isn't what it's going to look like to be intentional for you this year. But this is a video of what can happen when someone intentionally devotes themselves to something. When they say, I meant to do that. This is a video from a channel called People Are Awesome. <laughs> Let me take a look at this. How many people want to do that this year? <laughs> I ain't try- I might do the one with the guy with the pulls. I reckon I could give that a solid attempt. Um, but you see the difference? Like, just the contrast. Like Again, most of us probably, maybe Rodney, never going to try any of those things. But the point is, those people all got up and they did something with their intention. They went, I have a dream. I would love to be able to. You know, like I thought riding a unicycle was hard, and then I watched what some of them did with their unicycle. I'm like, and th- there's an aspect where you go, why did you want to do that? Like, 
Who wants to do, who wants to hang off a building? I wouldn't recommend it. I'm not endorsing it. Do not try this at home. Uh, but this is what happens. I would like our year to be, at the end of 2024, if we were to play a highlights reel, I would like our I meant to do that to resemble that video rather than the first video where we just kind of bumbled through and we got lucky. So how are we going to be intentional in 2024? How are you going to be intentional in 2024? Because I tell you this, let me finish with this thought. When your intention meets with God's intention for this church, for this community, for your family, that's revival. Revival is the place where God's intention and our intention intersect. And that's what I believe God's calling us to for 2024. Amen? Amen. I'd love to pray for you. And then we'll go do some, some morning tea before our budget meeting. <clears throat> Lord, I thank you for the intentions that you have for this place. I thank you for the intentions that you have for every single one sitting in a seat here this morning. The plans and the purposes that you have for them. To prosper them and not to harm them but to transform the community, the people and the places that they are in. Lord, we want to commit this year. I want to commit this year to being intentional in my discipleship, in my fellowship, and in my serving and in my mission. Would you equip your church with everything she needs to do the work that you're calling her to do? as our intentions fit into your intentions, would we see transformation come to this community like we've never seen before? And would all of it lift you up and exalt the name of Jesus? Because Lord, we know that if you are lifted up, you will draw all people to yourself. We exalt you here this morning, God. We, we echo the words of that song. Here and now, here and now, we need revival in this land. Start with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.